Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. comedy, uh, or you can say animation, you know, all of the above. But before we get into all of that, let me explain to you how this show works for those who may be new to T2Q. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, 
the show, or the show legend, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 718 out of 750. We'll start right after a word from one of my supporters. Listen to The Crystal Show for celebrity gossip, amazing interviews, musical guests, and the most fun to be had on internet radio. Check out the past and new podcasts at thecrystalshow.com. I go on and on, can't understand how I last so long. I must have the superpowers, last 223,000 hours. My thanks to The Crystal Show for always being down by law with T2Q. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts. Just opinions. Um, black television. Disappearing Act. Uh, which ironically I think was the name of a movie starring Wesley Snipes and Sanan Latham back in the day. But, uh, you know, it makes you wonder, at least it made me wonder, why so many controversial black shows um, have a short shelf life. Okay. Like, for example, a show that's going to end tomorrow. It's a very funny show, in my opinion. Uh, I think it's very well written, and the cast of characters are lovable, and you can identify with a few of them. But um, it's one of my favorite shows on TV, and it's a sitcom that features a family of black people who discuss everyday topics that you may hear about in black households, from Plan B birth control to the discussion of the N-word. Now, they take the topic of the show, no matter how controversial it is, and they do a great job of making it hilarious while exposing the audience to different perspectives on it. You know, And the show is coming to an end after three seasons, from what I understand, it's not necessarily because of ratings. It's not necessarily because of protests or anything. It appears that, well, initially it was the, the creator and star of the show decided that three seasons was enough and he just wanted to quit to do other things. Now we're hearing that NBC um, executives are saying they wanted to move on. I, I mean, I don't know what really happened. It's just kind of odd. And I understand that, you know, the station has a right to do what it needs to do or if Gerard Carmichael decided he wanted to move on, he had the right to do that as well. However, this is yet another black-created show within the past decade or so that I can recall that has suffered an unceremonious death. I mean, you look at um, the Chappelle show. was doing great, and he gets a new contract, and then he quits. Key and Peele, something like they were getting their stride, they quit. Uh, the Boondocks, Aaron Magruder quit, I think, in like the second season of it. And I think they kind of ran on its own for like a season and a half. And it disappeared. And it just seems like if something points out racism or finds a way to make fun of it and expose it, it ends up out the door. So that's something we're going to discuss later in the show. We'll also have a discussion about um, if a transgender has a responsibility to reveal themselves while dating. But right now, we're going to go to the phones and to the 732 area code I go. 
to the Oops, I'm playing the wrong wrong song here. Seven three two area code I go. To the Garden State of New Jersey. Uh to welcome on the show enforcer Ray. Ray, what's going on, man? Hello? Who was that for me? Oh, my goodness, that's not right. That's Amanda. Okay. <laughs> that's I was Let me here. back it up again. I'm getting it all wrong today. You I got me all confused. And I just assumed it was right. And it's the voice of reason. Miss Amanda calling in 732 area code. The Garden State of New Jersey. My bad. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? All right. You got three songs. Well, that's never happened before. So... <laughs> All right, same area code, probably same household. Now I go to a man Ray out there in New Jersey, guardian of the show. What's going on, Ray? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? All right. Who else is on? Uh, you and Amanda right now. Oh, okay. All right. And let's see. I got another caller holding. Hit one. When you're ready to join the two, oops, there he goes. To this 850 area code, to the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. So welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring, the homie Buck. Buck, what's going on, man? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Hey, yeah, what's up, well, how's it going? It's, uh, it's going all right, man, going all right. All right, so we'll go ahead and I'm going to kick things off first of all with uh, this whole, and I'm getting an echo from somewhere, but we'll kick things off first of all for oh. this whole transgender thing. Uh, I read, ran across an article recently about someone who said that if you're transgender, you don't have to reveal to someone that you may meet, like at a club, at a bar, or wherever you may meet someone, who is interested in dating you, you shouldn't have to reveal that you are transgendered until, I guess, much later into whatever relationship you're trying to develop. They said it's nothing that you should disclose up front. It's something that you should hang on to because essentially it's not important. The person is obviously attracted to you and that's all that matters. Um, and so that was part of the discussion. A lot of people were upset, saying that's something you need to know from the door. Other people say it's not important. They say if you're attracted to the person, then why does it matter what they may or may not be or what they, you know, how, how they were born, I guess, essentially. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll start with you ladies first on this. Do you feel that if you're dating and you encounter someone who's transgender, that they should reveal to you pretty early on once you meet them that, hey, you know, I used to be a woman or something, or I still may be a woman genetically. They need to, not only do they, before I know that, they need to be wearing a shirt that says it or a sign or something. That is the craziest thing to think that that's something that you don't reveal to somebody, like on the first date. You That needs to be made clear because that's that's not okay that's that's not okay at all and i don't advocate violence against anybody for being different or anything like that but when you 
start wrapping up other people's feelings into it and they think that you're one thing, it's different if you're, you know, some things you can kind of get past, but the fact that I think you're a male and you're not, and I only like men, that's a problem. You know, I mean, I understand if you're saying, oh, I'm transitioning to this or that, but still that certain things that, you know, science isn't there yet. They can't make you a, a, a man, you know, they can, you can kind of partially be there, but it's certain things that'll never be all the way there. So it's like, to me, that's just, that's just the craziest thing for somebody to think that, oh, it's not a big deal or that's not something you need to disclose right away. I just, I can't see it. And I would be highly upset if I met somebody and I was attracted to them and I thought they were a male and they're not. Okay. And Ray, what do you think, man? Um, when exactly should they disclose to you, uh, you know, that, hey, I'm transgender or, you, you know, as far as you, you meet someone out and about and y'all are talking and you seem to be vibing a little bit? No, I think on the first conversation, you should let the person know exactly what's going on. If you and the person are talking and you want to say, well, you know that, um, I'm this on that. If that's a problem for you, I'll let you know that right now. If they do not do that, they are absolutely wrong, and they take what come along with that, point blank. A lot of people, well, you shouldn't say this, you shouldn't say that, and say anything. I say you should take what come along with that, you know, because because this 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 is a problem. That's that is an embarrassing situation. It is a it's it's a tricky situation because you have people out here that are tricking people. And basically when you trick somebody, then when they find out what it is, then they want to go a separate direction. Then you turn around there, oh, what about when you came over and we was eating and we was doing this and that's why I told you. Transgender gay folks, everything, if that's your lifestyle, hey, that's your lifestyle. But if it's not your lifestyle, you can't eat, you can't let them ride in your car, you can't bring them in your house. I told you that already. Because the first thing when they start talking that old talk, first thing people going to say, you know, it's just like we're hearing all this about us. The first thing we're going to say, man, what kind of sexual contact can you have with a man? You know, you whether you said it was sex or not, Sexual contact, what kind are you going to have with a man? It just ain't going to look right, period. So I would say you're supposed to tell them straight from the beginning. If you do not do that, you're going to have to take what come along with that, and it may not be a good thing. And like you say, we never advocate violence against anyone, but violence is necessary sometimes. All right. And... Buck, how do you feel about it? Because a lot of people are saying that um, the violent, the violence part of it is what makes it a phobia. It's like you can be upset, I guess, without being violent, or you can react without being violent and just go about your business. I mean, do you do that? Is that the problem, or is that one of the reasons you feel like they should disclose? Because in reality, people can get violent. Well, you gotta. You have to realize and understand that. I mean, if you're, I mean, what what the the that community has to realize the ones that 
change themselves, have to realize and understand that there are people out there that are straight, and there's more straight than there are transgender or whatever. And if you know, if you don't disclose that information, there, you know, and that person has, you know, that person only likes a certain kind of, you know, real women or real men. I mean, golly, I mean, it's, it's going to be some violence. I mean, you don't want to be laying up there and the, and the rascal didn't tell you what's up. And then next thing you know, you know, you know, you're getting ready to get down and, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm transgender. I was changed. And, uh, you know, and you're in the heat of the moment, you know, you know, those are things that happen. I mean, we don't condone violence, but, hey, I mean, you run into that. So, I mean, yes, this is something that has to be told up front because if they tell tell you up front, then there's less likely a chance for violence, okay? If you up front with the person say, hey, look, you know, I just need to tell you this up front, you know, transgender, I don't want, you know, I'm just letting you know this up front. And then, you know, you just, you know, that person will say, hey, look, you know, I'm glad you told me up front. You know, I don't want it, you know, cool. And then you go on about your way, they go on about their way. You know, and that's it. But you don't tell them. You you subject yourself, like Ray said. You subject you subject yourself to whatever comes with it, whether you get shot, stabbed, beat, whatever. You know, and I hate to say that, but there's a lot of people out there that feel that way. Um, honesty is the best policy in this case because it you know it it nullifies the violence if you tell the people up front what's up. Okay. All right, and and so Amanda, I mean, w- would you feel some type of way if you had to disclose to everyone that tried to talk to you that hey, before you get too comfortable, you know, I'm X Y Z or whatever. I mean, I, I mean, how would it feel being in that position? You think? Uh, I mean, in a lot of cases. I don't want to say it's, it's, I think especially nowadays you have more of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, maybe more avenues of finding people who are down with that particular lifestyle, whether it be via social media groups or what have you. So it's kind of like, it's not like it would have been for, you know, people who did it maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago where, you know, how it's harder to meet those people. But I guess I've never really thought about if I had to be a person saying that, but if I made that type of drastic decision because I felt like I was in the wrong body, I think that's just what comes along with it. You know, it might be an annoyance, but I'd much rather get it out of the way and say, Hey, this is who I am, or this is what I am, versus I don't want to be a person that would be dragging somebody along and they're thinking one thing, like Buck was saying, and then, you know, you get right, you know, you're getting close to a point where it might turn sexual, and then I have to tell you? Or even if even if you take sex out of it and you're just saying, hey, I am falling in love with this man or this woman, and I'm thinking about a family, and I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about that. And, you know, of course, if you've gone through a sex change, you can't 
have a baby the traditional way. Sure. So that's, I mean, so even if it's not about just the sexual part of it, as far as the, the act itself, but the family planning part of it, everything, like you, you're literally intertwining somebody else's life and not letting them make the decision. Hey, there's plenty of people that'll be like, you know what? I appreciate you letting me know. Maybe I've never talked to somebody who was transgender before. I like you. I'm not saying how it's going to go, but, you know, I appreciate you being honest and giving me the option. There's people who will probably say, okay, well, I'll, I'll at least get to know you and we can see. But you can't be a person that's going to waste somebody's time and then a person who's not down for that and think it's okay. 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 And, Ray, I mean, some people look at this as, you know, a form of fraud or, you know, you're trying to, to trick someone. But and I, and I guess it's not a very comfortable position to be in having to disclose this, uh, you know, this type of information to someone um, who may be trying to talk to you or come on to you or, or whatever the situation may be. But, I, I mean... Kind of like what you said, because of the fact that in this world people do get violent over stuff like this, not saying that it's right, then that should be something that makes you want to do it, shouldn't it? Make you want to disclose just for your own protection? Well, see, the the the, the majority of the stuff that's going on is all it's all a hustle. Like you'll go out somewhere, I don't care if it's a club, a strip club, whatever. You'll see a lot of these women dressed up like dudes, and they trying to finesse all these females instead of it's nothing genuine. It's all just noise. And my thing is, if you are what you say you are, then why do you have to trick or try to finesse somebody? See, if you're somebody you say, oh, you want my, you want my number, or you think I'm nice or whatever, see, I can tell you, Right now, I'm a nice person, but I don't know if you'd be interested in me because this, 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 and this. And trust me, you have a lot of guys out there who I don't want to say nothing against their standards or whatever, but they, they, they really don't care. And if they don't care, at least they have that option. They're not getting in front of friends and saying, yo, I remember such and such. I went to school with them. I remember they got you know, changed over, whatever the case is, and, okay, well, you had no idea. If you knew, then you can make that decision. And, you know, I I, I, I think that's some of the worst part of, of, of fraud, to do something like that, you know, and, and you got to ask yourself, what, what would you do? You know, you, you and Buck, I'd ask y'all, what would you do? Would you say, hey, man, you know, I don't think that's cool. It's different if y'all was talking. But if you were kissing and doing other things, that's a bad situation there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Really, that's a bad situation. You can't really say, man, you know, that, that just ain't right. Oh, Gloria, whatever, I'm not going to talk to you no more and walk out. No, I mean... What can somebody do worse than that? Had a dude over there before you got there, she had sex with him? 
or something like that, maybe? What would she do that's worse than that? So they got to think about that. And you, all these, the only people you hear saying that is people that are in that community. Oh, I don't have to do this. I don't have Okay, well, you take what comes along with that. Period. Yeah, and I've heard some people complain and say, well, even if he, if the person doesn't tell you um, and you do end up making out with that person, is that all so bad and everything? And I, and I look at it like this. I, if someone is attracted to, if someone is heterosexual and they're attracted to the opposite sex, then, you know, I, I don't feel like it's right to subject them to anything other than that unknowingly. Um, you know, I, I mean, some folks will, you know, if you, if you kiss someone that didn't know it was a dude until after you kissed it, would it kill you? I mean, it probably wouldn't kill you if you kissed your sister either, but if you don't want to do it, you know, I mean, if, if that's something you're, well, I can't speak for folks in some parts of the country, but I mean, you know, it's not necessarily anything you want to do. So I just think people need to respect folks' rights. And it's almost like, it's almost like people are saying, well, I have the right to be this but you don't have the right to feel the way that you do. And I think that's, that's unfair. Uh, sh- should violence become, come from it? No. But when you play with people's emotions, you don't know how they're going to react. Uh, you got people that will snap on you at a stoplight. So the last thing you want to do is, 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 you know, make it and incite some type of violence that's, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to happen. Uh, I mean, can either of you think of any other reason or, or something you would disclose to somebody you just met? I mean, you wouldn't tell them, oh, by the way, I'm Jewish, you know, or mention your religion or, or something like that, would you? I mean, is there any other reason or any other thing you could think of you would disclose to someone from the jump that they would need to know? Well, nothing is as personal as that either. I mean, the only other thing I could think of that people probably need to disclose fairly early would be, like, if they're HIV positive or something, you know, or something like that. That's something that you don't want to be X amount of months down the line and you're finding out. It's certain things like that. Like, those are are a couple things, the only two things I could really think of just off the bat, maybe. Okay, okay. And yeah, I can't think of too many things that you would necessarily um, have to disclose up front either. And Buck, I know you're getting back in. Is there anything you could think of that other than um, orientation, anything you could think of you would have to disclose to someone up front if you just met them? A lot. I mean, shoot. <laughs> you look at all the stuff that's going on with Usher right now. You got an STD or some junk like that. You better disclose that shit up front, um, because uh, I mean it could it could pose you some serious problems. And in some states, um, like California, you know it's against the law to do that. So um, to not disclose what you, you know what you got going on down there. So, um. But I mean, you, it's those those two things I would think would be the most important things. You also need to disclose if you married a single. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, golly, I mean that's. I mean, you don't want to be out there and you know you meet somebody and then you say, 
you're single and you, you're really not single. I mean, there's a lot of that that's, a good point. that's been going on. That's that's a lot of shit. That shit's been going on forever. So, but, you know, STDs, single or married, definitely, you know, transgender, all three of those things are very, very important when you're out there. Um, it's just best to be up front so there's no drama because it don't catch up with you eventually anyway. So you might as well be up front in the first place. Okay. Very right. good I point. Think, I think all those things and the things they have in common are that there are things that could potentially keep you from moving forward in a healthy relationship um, as far as a, a male and female or a, a romantic relationship because all those things are necessary. I mean, that that person needs to have that option. Now, if you say, hey, I'm married, and that person still wants to get down, well, they knew up front. If you are transgender and that person knows, then, hey, you can move on. Hey, if you have an STD and that person knows and you guys want to move forward, at least that person knew and they had they know what they're getting into or they mm-hmm. you've disclosed to them the problems that could easily come about because I'm married or I'm have an STD or whatever, all that stuff was disclosed up front. Not to say that a person won't want to be with you, but these are things that could easily, easily shut the relationship down if you don't properly disclose this information. It's just going to cause yep. more problems in the long run. Okay. I agree. And see, I agree. A, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people put themselves in these situations, and then, you know, when they when things finally hit the fan, then they want everybody to feel sorry for them. Well, if you knew that up front and you didn't disclose that information, who's the, whose fault is it? It's not the other person's fault for breaking up with you. It's your fault because you didn't disclose the necessary information in the first place. Honesty is the best policy. I mean, if you hold that shit back and they find out about it, you, you are sub- subjecting yourself to whatever whatever happens whether the other person decides to resort, whatever they resort to, you know, you, you subject yourself to that. So that's something that you to always remember, you know, you going out to the club, you didn't got liquored up, you know, you married and you know, everything good. And you find, you find whoever you want to find out there. They disclose the information. You can still dance and get down, but your ass better go home by your damn self. No, no. Okay. All right. Three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number, and I was waiting to see if Miss Crystal was coming through, but I haven't received any word from her. But we're still going to get crystallized. It's time to get crystallized. I really think she's going to sue me. All right. Uh, this is normally part of the show where Crystal Hickerson does her thing. Of, and she presents her information from GetCrystallized.net, celebrity news and commentary. She always has what's trending going on on her website. So check out GetCrystallized.net. And she presented something to me. Um, that I thought was pretty interesting, and I play a clip. It was never really like, oh, okay, we woke up one morning and was like, yeah, like side chick power. No, it was more like a forceful situation. Like, you didn't really know about it. So, 
No, you have to be a side chick because that's what you Don't you blame that on the man. Why? So why are y'all talking? Why are y'all, are y'all proud to be side so chicks? We're always the ones that's being blamed, but it's it's never it's never a male's fault for a situation. Not saying that a woman Shit. sometimes doesn't enter herself into a situation that she knows that she's going to be a side chick, but it's more we're just bringing it to society like this is everyday life like people are really mad at a title but this goes on and it's been going on for generations to come so it just didn't start with us we just actually made a show about all right and that's discussing a potential new show called the real side chicks of charlotte charlotte north carolina let me go to the 865 area code the volunteer state of tennessee and welcome on tennessee rich what's happening man hey what's going on fellas not too much and so I don't think the show has been picked up yet, but this is essentially a show that surrounds eight women who are self-proclaimed side chicks, and uh, which is, I guess, today's new term for mistress. At, at one time, I used to think that the definitions, well, to me, the definitions are different. I think a side chick is different than a mistress, but some people use it interchangeably. And they say that you know, what they do is not really much different than the real housewives of insert city here. Cause a lot of those women are housewives either. And they kind of go through the same drama. And so daddy rich, you're just getting on, man. It, it's, it's TV ready for another real, whatever of whatever. I mean, is this something that could thrive in, in mainstream television, a real side chick show? You know what? It's sad to say, but it probably would because it's interesting. And 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 to make it frank, the, it, whether you're a mistress or a side chick, whatever you want to call yourself, you're a hoe, okay? Because Ouch. you know that this, you know this man has got a wife or a girlfriend or whatever, and you know that you're extra piece. So you're just a okay average hoe. That's basically you might as well just call them both just hoes. That's what they are as hoes. That's what I call okay. my side chick. Well, when I had them, let me let me stop myself before I get smacked. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amanda, what do you think about this? Um, I mean, that little clip came from the Breakfast Club. Um, or, I mean, is it something that you think people will watch? I mean, people talk about how demoralizing these women are, but you know. Like I said, the housewives of, of of Atlanta or whatever are not necessarily the most wholesome thing to watch either. So, I mean, would this be any different than any other show that's on? Well, I don't watch the housewives, and I damn sure wouldn't watch the side pieces or the mistresses or whatever. I just think it's stupid. It's different if you find yourself in a situation and whatever, whatever, everybody makes mistakes. But if you're just out there glorifying it like, it's a badge of honor, then I don't know, you're a special kind of stupid to me. So I can't I can't waste my time with something like that. I mean I the way society is now, I guess they think everything is cool. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was the number one show, but I, I wouldn't support it. Okay. And Ray, I mean it is same like it's somewhat of a a badge of honor now, almost like a real position. I mean, we may be five years away from that's something you put on your taxes, you know, married, single, side piece. I mean, it seems like it's growing in popularity. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think the show would be successful because, you know, 
black folks, we thrive on negativity. So, you know, the reason why the hip-hop shows are doing well, basketball wives are doing well, is because we can identify with the people that we see on TV. And it's not actually a character. Other cultures may see that and say, oh, it's just great entertainment. But we really do know females to act like this. We really do know guys to act like this. So, you know, I think it'll be a very successful show because, you know, people think it's all about, you know, getting that bag and he buying me this and he buying me that. And, you know, there's no morals, there's no integrity, there's no nothing. You know, it's just like that is saying, just being host. And, hey, if that's what you're good at and you want to get on TV and make you some money, hey, I'm not saying that it's right, but you're not going to do anything else, right, if they was working down at the neighborhood fast food restaurant. So they might as well get on in and, and be all the way wrong. So I think it'll, it'll, it'll blow up and do what, do what they need to do. Yeah, because the, what they do is they, they form a series and, you know, whoever turn up the best, as they say, them the ones, they actually have auditions for these reality shows. And the folks who ever turn up the best, that's who they put on TV and they be at the very, hey, I'm not making this stuff up. This is what it is. The reality show, you have to audition. And, you know, so the side chick, and the, have any side chick or the side chick or the side chick, she may have four niggas working at the same time. You know, and they're about, oh, that's the moving. She got the new car. She got the baggage. She got this. She got that. And people going aspire to be that. But, you know, we ain't going nowhere as a people anyway, so they might well put it on TV. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Boy, that, that's the reality of it. <laughs> oh, that's such a mess up thing to say. Buck, you got two cents, man. <laughs> but I'm I'm still laughing at Ray. <laughs> I don't know. How but I mean, we we know, and we 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 know this is as morals have gone down the toilet for the last for for the last two two or three decades. Um, and it's main, it mainly goes back to the fact you're not being taught because what you have out there is kids raising kids. And I've said this several times. When, and you don't have, you know, the kids raising kids and grandmamas being being young too. And they ain't too much older than the kids either. So the bottom, you know, when you don't have that, that village-type mentality of raising kids, whether, you know, where you have, you know, Grandmothers, great aunts, aunts, grandfather, great grandfather, those types of things to help raise, you know, to help teach you the things, teach you the values that you need to have. Um, it's falling by the wayside because, you know, when they're all playing video games, they ain't learning shit. You know, they, you know, they just learn how to play the damn game and try to get through it. Um, and, um, you know, that those valuable things that you learn from older people are just not being taught. So that's another reason why you just don't see it anymore. Holding the, holding the door open for you, 
for you know for, for someone and not letting the door slap in the face. It doesn't have to be a woman. It could be a man if they got a package in their hand and you just let the door just pop, pop them in the face. Open the door for them too. I mean, just so that you know, being courteous, every little bit helps. You know, that's just I was just using that for an example, but. You know, bottom line of it is not being taught because ain't nobody nobody gives a shit. I mean, I, I think Ray nailed it on the head when he said we can all relate to someone who is like, or we all know someone who is like that, and that's the sad part about it is that you know I I can think of you know a few people that I know. Who you know are either the side chick or maybe one of the guys who keeps a side chick, and it's 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 a shame because even though the show may may not be reality, it's starting to reflect society's reality that people think side pieces are okay, and a lot of people think that it really start started getting popularized when Olivia Pope said, "You got to earn me, you know. I'm a side chick, but you still got to work for me, you know, which is crazy, but." Uh, Things are different now. Side pieces are not scourge, you know, not scourges, and not something you hide in darkness or anything anymore. Something that gets just as much light as the significant other sometimes, if not more. And this is just the fruits of that. So we'll see if the show gets picked up. But if it gets picked up, I'm pretty sure it's going to do well because this is what people seem to like. All right, three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Go ahead and get into um, our um, main topic, and I want to thank Crystal for providing that subject about the uh, side chick. And again, go to Crystalize. Because they really 
exposed racism. They took racism and they made fun of it. And that's something the Wayne brothers did, I guess, to kind of piggyback on the success they had from the movie Hollywood Shuffle with Robert Townsend in the late 80s. And it was a success. And so enter Chappelle's show. Chappelle's show comes along in 2003, I believe. And very popular show, probably one of the most popular shows on Comedy Central at its time. And Dave Chappelle ended up walking away from the show and $50 million from what everyone says. And then you had shows like The Boondocks, okay, with Aaron Magruder turned his comic strip, a very controversial comic strip that I have no idea how he made it into the newspapers. And he walked away from his show after like two seasons. And I think they did two more seasons without him or something. And Key and Peele walked away from their show on Comedy Central. And now we have Gerard Carmichael, which was reported a couple of weeks ago that he was walking away from his show after three seasons. Now you're hearing that people are canceling. Uh, NBC is canceling, so you don't know. But it just seems like when shows push the envelope, people quit. And it just makes me wonder, like, okay, are these people quitting? Are they being forced out? What's really going on? But um, I guess I'm going to start from here. And Amanda, I'll start with you first. And we'll just talk about just TV and society in general. Amanda, is it important that TV shows match society. I mean, in other words, should all races or faiths or whatever have some sort of representation on television? And if so, then why? Well, it would be in an ideal situation, I guess. Everybody should be represented. But at the end of the day, it's about the shows that are that are supported and that are um, high in ratings and that the public demands. So even if there are shows where there's a certain segment of the population not being reflected or represented, then um, if if nobody's demanding that shows like that be put out there and, and enough people aren't supporting it, it then it's not going to happen. So, I mean, in the ideal world, there would be representation, but they can't just make these shows and nobody watch them, so. It all always comes back to the viewers. Okay. All right. On Facebook, Dr. Francis chimed in from the ATL, said television networks, writers, and actors are in the game to make money. Their concern is just that. The goal can only be reached by airing shows that appeal to the masses. And unfortunately, race-specific shows or shows that cater to a specific race or faith does not pull in the ratings. My opinion to the question is yes, but it's unrealistic when the bottom line is what drives television. Um, Ray, what do you think, man? Is this is it always a money move, or sometimes is it is is, is it a little more than that? Um, as far as what the person walking away or the company, yes, yeah, probably the, shows going away for whatever reason. Whether the person walk away or it seems to be doing well and it gets canceled. Well, see, first you got to have shows that appeals to everybody. And mm-hmm. a lot of times the shows that we're making now, it doesn't appeal to everybody. We want to be on TV, but then we want to bring more edge than we should bring. See, the good old days was, you know, you had the Cosby show and 
they did well, and I watch the Cosby all the time. Now they put it back on TV One, and it brings back a lot of memories. Where you know, when you look at how the show was structured, they had a good, a good um, points of view that can appeal to everybody, and you know, really. I, uh, Good Times is my favorite show all time, but you know, I really like the Cosby show as well. But you would never see another show like Good Times again because every uh, black family they put on, he got to be halfway decent in order to get on TV. I mean, he's doing something, you know, he's a, a doctor or he's an architect and he's this and that, and he's sitting up in a house full of furniture and a fireplace and stuff and you know a lot of people just not doing that I mean I understand some people are doing well but at the same time you have to have representation of everything and if we ain't moved nowhere in 30 years then you got to put it on TV like that and we always want to hide the dirty laundry instead of exposing the dirty laundry and you know a lot of times you know, when it comes across, it's not authentic. Now, I like the shows they come like the Carmichael show. You know, me and my wife, we watch it. I mean, I thought the comedy was 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 really great. Um, well put together show. It was very funny. And, you know, a lot of times these black actors got to realize, too, that you can't walk away from no money. There's too many people out here trying to reach the status that you at. And before you made your money to walk away, to me, it's just, just flat-out stupid. That you put me in a pink dress and paint me my fingernails and stuff like that, I'm going to be on there. And you want me to change this or change that, I'm going to have to change it. Times are too hard out here. I mean, seriously. you making in an episode where some people make it a year, and you make it even more. And... You know, after two, three, you Eddie Murphy or somebody say, I ain't going to do this and that. You made fast $600 million. Okay, we understand where you're coming from. Will Smith or Samuel Jackson or one of them guys got that big money. But you just starting out, you better get every dollar they give you. Like I say, let's get straight tipping you out, sticking a banana in your booty or something on TV, which they ain't going to lie you to do. <laughs> you need to be up there. Right or wrong. <laughs> Yeah, right, right along. Hopefully, so, it'll get know, this, I, to the bananas. Yeah. Hopefully, so, we'll so get to that So, what, what are they asking you to do? Change the line here, change the line there? Yeah, I really didn't like it, but I'll try it and see how it goes. But the walk away from a $60,000, $80,000 episode check, $125,000, how much money they give you? Walk away from that because you disagree with something? Okay, you get out on that comedy circuit. You'll be out there all month trying to get that check. You know? Right. I, I, I mean, yeah. Go, but they got to go, they got to go. And, and again, it's one of those things where we don't necessarily understand. We don't always understand the reason. Um, I mean, a lot of times people say it's going to be due to ratings and things of that nature. But then when you look at the the buzz on Twitter and social media, it almost indicates that, you know, the ratings should be significant because you have certain shows, like when you look at Power, which is a show that comes, you know, predominantly black cast, it comes on stars. Power, mm-hmm. you know, 
of course, is one of Star's most successful shows, and it's going to run the full seven seasons easily, I think, barring anything crazy happening. Now, they got a beef going on with 50 Cent and, and Star's producers now, but I don't think there's anything that's going to affect the show um, as far as the longevity of the show. But, um, you know, you can see the buzz on the show with uh, when you go to Twitter and it has, like, what's trending. You see how many millions of people are discussing the show. And so, you know, maybe that gives a kind of a false reality as far as maybe how many people are actually watching it. I don't know. Uh, That's one of those shows a lot of people watch live because they don't want to try to wait and have um, people tell them what happened on it. So it might be a little different than some sitcoms where you may not have the desire to just watch it live all the time. But, uh, Daddy Rich, let me ask you, man. Uh, I mean, to the Carmichael show, uh, like I said, Bone Doc, Chappelle show, Ken Peel, uh, all those guys quit from, you know, what's been reported. Why is it so hard to keep minority-led shows on TV? I mean, you have these guys moving on to other things now. You know, I have to admit, as far as... uh. The dude from Ken Peel, you know, he made the movie Get Out, which is great. So, you know, he's moved on to better things. Dave Chappelle has returned to Netflix, and he did pretty well with Netflix, made some money there. Aaron Magruder is working on Black America, which is a show we'll talk about in a little bit. I mean, so are they really just moving on to bigger and better things, or do they feel like there's they would rather just kind of get out before someone throws them out? Yeah, it's it's hard for minorities, and I think the key reason for it is is that you see how uh, they promote or they market the other sitcoms. They're marketed very well. Uh, they're tied into products and things like that that people buy, uh, and it's easier for them to make money because they're more visible and more people know about it. And also, you got to look at the time slots that they're putting some of the minority uh, shows on. Good point. Uh, I think maybe sometimes it could be time slots, but I think a lot of it is is, is planned out for them not to succeed, uh, for them to fail. I think that a lot of it is planned that way. Uh, because if you look at it, how it, it did drop off a lot, but then when you see the minority shows or sitcoms, it's all about drugs and killing. You know, uh, the boondocks, it showed us in a good light, but then it also showed us doing things that, that we normally do or, you know, that they they kind of highlighted things that we do that they shouldn't have. You know, it's kind of how they, they utilize uh, the bad qualities that we have in these shows, such as the drugs, the killing, and the way we talk to each other sometimes, you know, it, to us it's common to walk up to another black male and say, what's up, my nigga, you know, or something like that. But on a TV show to portray uh-huh. that to the world is a totally different thing. And I think they probably are hindered with their skits that they can write. They're probably very, uh, very much so looked at and, and, probably filtered through. So I think a lot of it has to do with 
just the way they 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 just hinder us, period, in many different ways. Okay, okay. And now something you mentioned that I should recall, and, and you all, Amanda um, um, Ray, if you all can speak on it too. I used to remember how certain black sitcoms somehow wound up, wound up being on TV at the same time. Um, yep. I remember, well, at one point there was a show that used to come out of all Latinos called Ugly Betty. Um, it was a predominantly Latino show, and I think Mr. Williams played in it as well. And he come on Friday nights. And if I, I, I can't say this with certainty, but I want to say Wanda Sykes also had a show that used to come on another night. I can't remember what night it was. And it was a pretty funny sitcom. So when season two came out, both of those shows ended up on, ended up on together at the same time. And Wanda Sykes lost out. And then there was another situation where there was a show that used to come on Thursday nights. Ah, I used to remember what it was. I can't think of it. And another came on Friday night. And then when the second season rolled around, I want to say it's Cedric the Entertainer in the, in the sketch comedy show he used to have. And then when second the second season rolled around, those shows were being aired at the same time on opposite channels, and they canceled each other out, and both of them got canceled. So I mean, I used to speculate even back then in the early 2000s that these shows were being set up to fail. Um, but of course, you know, there's not necessarily any way of proving that. I don't think but, there's nothing uh, wrong with that, though, Hugh. I mean, you got white shows go up against each other all the time. So you know, I mean, it's just a but there's many of them. But there's yeah. a whole bunch yeah. of them trying to come up. Don't make no difference. The ratings are still split. No I man, know. they do that. I, I think it is a difference because I mean, if 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 ninety percent of the shows are white, they really don't have a choice but to go up against each other. I mean, if you yeah. only have like like two, like two black shows on TV, and you happen to put them on on the same night at the same time, that I don't know. That seems more deliberate. Yeah, right. that was definitely a problem back then because that was before DVRs and stuff like that. Like now, it doesn't right. even matter because I'll just record one show and catch it later. But yeah, that was that was definitely a problem at that time because you either had to literally record it on a on a VCR or something like that um, in order to try to catch it. So yeah, okay. that that was definitely a problem. So so if Oprah aired one of her shows the same time they airing something on TV One, that's a problem too. I mean, today it doesn't matter today, but you know, fifteen years ago, yeah, both of them were probably getting canceled because it's going to split the crowd. Right. So they, we're they talking were about like network summer. TV, like CBS, NBC, ABC. Like yeah. if it's Thursday night at seven o'clock or eight o'clock, and you're splitting the is both two primarily black shows, and you got fifty percent watching this show and 50% watching that show, then you're not really getting a true number versus if you had one of them on Thursday night and one of them on Friday night or something like that where they're yeah. not competing against each other. I right. mean, I, I, can, I can understand that. But I'll tell yeah. you what CBS, did, what CBS did. When Judge Judy was at the top of her popularity, they put her on at 4 o'clock just like Oprah. They didn't say, mm-hmm. well, we're going to let you go up against Oprah. We're going to put you on at 3 and let Oprah have her time at four, they put her right on there, and she made it. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I understand it's more white people in America than it is black. But to say that, oh, well, it's delivered and they did this and they did that, I disagree. They took their most popular show, which is Judge Judy's show, and put it up against over at 4 o'clock. She's still on 4 o'clock right now. That's because she got the trash. Oprah got the white people. She got well, the trash. Not, what trash? I mean, just like, you're, talking two, uh, you're talking about two different shows, well, too. If Judge right. had a talk show, then she probably wouldn't have been on at the time. Uh, you know, but Judge Judy has something completely different than Oprah. So if you liked one, you may not even like the other one. But well, I mean, but like, well, we take it back further than that. When Oprah and Phil Donahue, Donahue ruled for twenty years, until Oprah sat him down. So yeah. I mean, what they trying to do? Destroy Oprah too? But that's talk shows. The thing, the thing, the reason why some of these shows are just just not, and the reason why a lot of these shows are just not not stand on, they're talking about the same old thing. Okay, we've evolved from the drug, you know. There, yeah, there's still some drugs and alcohol and games and all that kind of stuff that's out there. But really and truthfully, we're not focusing on the positive things that black people do. That's why these shows are, are getting cut short. They're tired of hearing the same old shit. You know, we start, if we actually start, you know, having successful shows showing how black people are evolving that are actually doing good things, like, you know, being being CEOs and being in the stock market and owning their own businesses and things of that nature and kind of show the lives that they lead instead of the same old stereotypical, same old shit. Maybe the shows will last a little bit longer. You know, all these damn, well, to me, all but these that- damn shows. I think these shows are different, and that's why, you know, these are the types of shows that I would prefer to stay on the air. Like, when you look at the Carmichael show um, with ratings from, when is this, from June 21st. Okay, the Carmichael show, it's time um, beat out reruns on the family, which you know, if it wasn't a rerun, on the family would have won. But that's a good show. I ain't gonna uh, Criminal Minds, some show we call Legends of Tomorrow, and the F word Gordon Ramsay. Okay, so Carmichael show beat out all those shows. First of all, I guarantee you, Jordan, Gordon Ramsay is gonna have a show come September. Because it's like Gordon Ramsay, even though the Carmichael show almost doubled. Is um, all right. So, a run of the Carmichael show, one nine thirty p.m. slot. Okay, and that was a rerun of the show. Last week, the Carmichael show beat everybody in this time slot again, and it, a rerun at nine thirty beat everybody's time again. So, it's not ratings because it's beating everyone in its ratings. So, it's like what is making these shows. Go away, you know, is what, is what I'm trying to figure out because evidently it's not the rating. Is the controversial one thing content is is the fact that racism is being exposed, and even though it may be in a funny way, it's still kind of making a race look bad, so to speak, making white people look bad. Hey, I don't know. I mean, when it, when they say that the guy, uh. Jar walked away. 
Now, if that's not true, he should come out to plenty of black radio, plenty of black TV, and he can say that ain't so. I ain't heard him say nothing. And I'm on the, my phone all day just about it if I'm not doing something constructive. So I ain't heard him say nothing. If he yeah, walked I think away, he's if that ain't so. That he walked away. Yeah, so if that's what he said, we got to take the man at his word. Because the lie was told, he the one who told it. Mm-hmm. So we can't say, well, you know, this happened and that happened. Hey, maybe he walked in there and told the people, I want the kind of money that these guys are getting on these shows that I'm beating out. Maybe he right. said that. Right. But for you to say that it didn't happen, and that's what did happen, okay, then come on the radio and tell us what happened. Man, you know everything going well, the rating going well on the show. They didn't want me to say this. They didn't want me to say that. They didn't want me to do this. They didn't want me to do that. Now if I hear him say that, now we know what the story is. But he mm-hmm. quit himself. Or Chappelle, he quit himself. Who we going to blame that on? Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, the only controversy as far as the show is concerned, like creative controversies, you want to say, is that about a month ago, they were going to have a show where someone got shot at the mall. Like, there was, you know, gun gun violence at the mall. And I think two days before the show went on the air, there was a real shooting that occurred. So NBC didn't want to air that show that Wednesday, and they aired another episode of yeah. the Carmichael show and everything. And I know Gerard Carmichael wasn't happy about that. Because he felt like that was the best time to play his show So I don't know if something may have stemmed from that or not With NBC pulling that from that spot Because they thought it would have been tasteless to to air that show So that could be part of it too That we don't know about But all we do know is that a lot of shows That appear to be enjoyed by a lot of people You know, and they may be controversial or disappearing now, Buck was a stereotypical type of show that seems to, to make it. I don't know if that's the case or not. By the way, do you all know what the longest-running black sitcom of all time is? The Jeffersons? Nope. That's a good guess, but um, it's not. Uh, the show? How many no. seasons did the did the show run? Uh, ooh, I know how many episodes. I don't know how many seasons, but uh, the episodes mm-hmm. I believe was two hundred and sixty-five. It was one more what than the Jeffersons. It, it wasn't it was one show? more than the Jeffersons. Well, it was one more than the Jeffersons. Yep, pretty Damn modern show. show. It's a pretty modern show. Sitcom. Hmm. I can't think of nothing that went that long. Um, one more episode in the Jeffersons. I never watched the show. Maybe once or twice. I never liked it, but two. I don't know. Two two seven. I don't know. No, no, that's not a bad guess either. But um, believe it or not, it was Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Wow. Really? Yeah. Well, he making episodes every two days. It ain't last for me a season. (laughs) 
Right. They didn't specify episodes. So I can't I can't effectively criticize the show because I only watched two episodes and I didn't like it. Did anyone watch the show? Is the show any good? No, I watched it. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it was okay. It wasn't. I didn't keep watching it, but it, I mean, it's. It was one of those shows to me. Like if it was on and nothing else was on, you would watch it. But it wasn't a show that you would purposely like say, "Ooh, I got to be home to watch this show or to set your DVR or anything like that." It wasn't that type of show to me. Yeah, I mean Tyler Perry, he bootlegged his way to six hundred million dollars. I ain't mad at it, man. But everything he do, somewhat bootlegged. You agree? I mean, <laughs> all them shows he come out with, just about they lightweight. You know, they got a bunch of actors they got together, pay five ten thousand dollar episode, and he be putting them on. But yeah. hey, he make his money like that. So, but yeah, he sure did make a lot of episodes of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The show I just looked it up because the show only ran from 2006 to 2012. So that's only that's only six six years, or in a, a normal case, that would only be six seasons. So he definitely had to be doing something crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Working on Christmas like, and everything. <laughs> I go for they coming out like, um, like uh, soap operas. Almost coming yeah. out daily like soap operas. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So I mean, to say that's the number one longest running episode wise sitcom of, of black sitcom of all time is just kind of shocking to me. I'm like House of Pain out of all things. Uh but yeah the Jeffersons were second. That was a good guess, right? And so I mean we still have shows that are really good, really great drama, really great writing but it's not on broadcast TV because even though I've never watched, I've heard so many things about, uh, is it Queen Sugar? Yeah. Oh, I man, you got to watch that. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a show that I you know, might try to binge watch and try to get caught up on. Uh, a lot of people say the have and have not, sir, you know, is a really good show. And again, I can't speak to these shows because I don't watch them, yeah. but I know that yeah, they're a minority. How would those shows do on broadcast TV? I think Queen Sugar is a really, a really good show. And I like the, it's different. Like the storyline is different. It's not your usual. It's a, it's a really, it's a really unique story. Um, So I think, I think that that show could do well. The have and the have not, Ray just can't stand it. Like he won't even, if I'm watching it, he's going to go in a different room. He can't stand it. But it's it's just it's just a black soap opera. That's all it is. It's you know it's entertaining to me. He doesn't care for the acting or something about it. He doesn't like. So I guess teach his own. But I watch both of those shows. But if I was gonna recommend one to you, I would definitely say Queen Sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, let's look at a show that has been doing well. We'll look at Blackish. Blackish on ABC has been going pretty well. Nothing about Anthony Anderson quitting, so that's a good thing. And now they're going to have a spinoff um, of the oldest daughter. She's going to have a show called Grownish, which she's going to be 
uh, going to college. That's going to be on the channel uh, Freeform. And so what do you think makes Blackish different than some of these other shows we've discussed this evening? This is just for anybody who wants to answer. Oh, okay. I, I started off. I mean, I think Blackish is is a people-friendly show. You know, you don't have people up there acting like Negroes up there. They act like black people. And they, they're all educated, and they all trying to do their thing. And, and they are America-friendly. And a lot of people think there's something wrong with that. Every time you're black and you're trying to be halfway successful, people want to act like you're acting white or you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. And anytime you got a difference of opinion, they want to go with the name calling and everything else. And, you know, and that's just another way that people bring themselves down as a people. And Blackies is a show that, you know, they represent black folks well. And anybody can watch the show and they can enjoy it. When you start talking about uh, drugs and all type of shit that go on on the street and all of that, everybody can't get with that because they don't, they can't identify with it. But when you have a show where, you know, they touch on some subjects that everybody can get involved with, but it's going to be a way that everybody can understand it. Everything is not all coming from one direction. So when you look at um, Tracy Ellis Ross, you know, Diana Ross's daughter, you know, she half white, half black. So she's people friendly. People can identify on both sides. Anthony Anderson is funny. He's not coming across like he's militant and all this other kind of stuff. He just a fun-loving dad. He's like a a, a younger Heathcliff Huxtable or something, you know, and everybody can enjoy it. That's why I think they're successful. Okay. All right. Anybody have anything to add to that? All right. And um, I enjoy the show. I think that they do hit on they're not afraid to tackle certain topics you know they got into rioting and police brutality and things of that nature but the way they do it is a little different than some shows it's 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 not a militant approach i guess is the way i should put it and i think that is what kind of makes it a little more palatable for White audiences It's not a rebellious approach um, But Blackish Whatever I mean it's, Even though I don't like the name of the show Never liked the name And I thought that would be its downfall It has overcome it You know by being just a, a good show I mean if you watch it You can enjoy it And sometimes you can watch it And not really think about race all that much And other times you watch it And that's exactly what they're discussing uh, they kind of hash out something about race So it does give you the best of both worlds um, I'm glad to see it being successful And I hope it continues And no one quits on me Because um, like I said When I start to enjoy a show It seems like it goes off the air for whatever reason And someone walks away from it But Alright so Last question and we'll go ahead and wrap things up And we kind of touched on it last week 
Aaron Magruder and Will Packer, I don't think it's what Amanda brought up last week, are doing a show called Black America, which is going to essentially be a show about what happens about what happens to what happens in history if black people are given reparations and they end up being able to make their own country, I guess, out of Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana, rest of the country settles everywhere else. And it's one of those alternate history dramas that allows you to see what may have happened if this would have gone this way. And Daddy Rich, I'll go to you, man. How do you feel about shows that take history and change it to do like a what if? Because we also have a show that's coming out on HBO called Confederate, which would have been what would have happened had the South won the war and slavery still remained. Well, that's that's okay. You know, I think it's okay to show, you know, things like that. But they need to also show what if we did what Planet of the Apes did, you know, uh, things like that. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like that it it is good for them to show stuff from the past uh, as far as for the younger kids to see because it's harder for – they used to teach these things in school. They had a, a week where they would show roots and all that kind of stuff. And you're saying that they're, re, they're reversing if the South won, we still be in that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it is good to show that because maybe that will help people to see how bad things would be, you know, if if they still did stupid stuff like that, you know, because the generations that have come along don't think the same way that uh, those generations thought as far as the white generations. Now, I'm not going to say all of them, but the, the majority that I live around in the area I'm around don't think that way anymore. Uh, a lot of those people have died off, uh, as far as that goes, but I know there's still some in the deep South, which and I, I am in the deep South, but where I'm at in the area I am, it's a little better than it. It's a lot better than it used to be. I remember as a kid, you couldn't even fool with a white girl. It was crazy. You would be in all kinds of shit, but you know, now it's everywhere, but you know, I think it's okay. I don't, I don't see nothing wrong with it. It's, it's somebody's imagination. Okay. Does anybody have a problem with these alternate history um, period pieces that kind of change reality a little bit and kind of change the discussions that we may have on Monday mornings? I think what I really think what we need to do is kind of focus on the present so we can have a better future. I think, you know, in today's society, I think it's almost like, um, especially from a political standpoint, it looks like you're trying to throw it back to the Go back to those days, and um, we need to we need to evolve, you know. Um, and I think sometimes you can it's it's good to know your past, but when you I mean it's at the same time you know we got to work on the present so we can have a better future. And I think sometimes we can put too much emphasis on the past, and we're not and, and get stagnant and don't go anywhere. So I think you know we kind of need to focus on the present. And what we need to do to be better in the future, and I think that's where it needs to, you know, where things need to go. You know, it's it's cool to have, you know, 
that kind of vision if you think, you know, think of things like that and come up with a show like this. But I think, you know, the reason why a lot of this stuff is happening and a lot of the, you know, a lot of this junk is just kind of hanging over us because we, that's what we're thriving on. You know, there's no, there's no newness to move forward. So I just think that their, their creativity needs to go in a different direction. Okay. All right. Anybody else got something they want to chime in about that? Okay. And I guess the bottom line for me is that, uh, you know, I love to see people on TV preferably doing something positive, but I mean, I'm not saying it's the end all be all. And I enjoy black sitcoms. I think black sitcoms um, they do well when they're on cable stations, but when it comes to broadcast TV in today's society, I don't think they always fare that well. And I don't think they always get a fair shake because even when they're successful, sometimes it seems like things just tend to happen, you know, and they wind up off the air. And if Blackish is off the air in two seasons, then, you know, Maybe people will revisit the show and say, okay, well, you know, maybe there is something going on. But it just seems to me that you want to see some sort of representation of yourself on television. Now, right now, let's see, you have a show called Fresh Off the Boat. I don't know if any of you all have seen that show before. It's very funny. That's about yeah, an we Asian watched family. Yeah, I believe it was. Okay, okay an Asian family that moves uh, to Orlando in the nineties and uh, start a life there. And it's the only Asian show I can think of on broadcast TV. There used to be one called Dr. Ken. They used to come on, on ABC. I think, uh, I don't know if it's still on the air or not. Uh, As far as Latinos on TV, I don't know if there's a Latino show that's on broadcast TV right now. Uh, let's see. Will and Grace is coming back, so that will take that will be LGBT if they don't have something on there already with Will and Grace coming back. So, I mean, a lot of people are able to see some sort of representation on, on, on TV, on broadcast TV, and I think it's a good thing. And I just want it to appear that if a show, you know, if a show sucks, then yeah, if the ratings say that it's not any good, then you should get rid of it. But if a show is winning its time slot, then you hope that it's not being canceled simply just for the the sake of, you know, you're disagreeing with the content or something like that when the show is successful. Now, Gerard Carmichael said that he walked away to do something different. NBC is saying that they made the decision to end the show. We may never know what actually happened. All right. It could be more than likely. It could be what Ray said. He wanted stupid money and they said, you know, hit the, hit the, hit the bricks. Uh, So that could be it. And we'll never know. But in any event, I just think it's important that, you know, we pay attention to not just how many shows, how many shows we have on broadcast TV, but what happens to them, you know, after so many seasons. So, you know, we'll see if there's a disappearing act going on, but 
I feel like there's a pattern, and now you all are aware, so you all can pay attention as well. So, okay, so um, next week, T2Q will be back, and we'll talk about can the rebound be the one? You, you, you get out of a bad relationship and you find a rebound guy or girl, you know, can that person be your next significant other or should the rebound always just be that, just a rebound? We'll get into that, get crystallized and more next week on the Talk to Q Radio show. No experts, just opinions. Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Zone coverage will be on Thursday this week. And it's going to be a really brief show. I know there's going to be some football going on, but we'll get on to discuss not only just the football that's on, but some other things. So zone coverage will be Thursday this week, a very brief show at 9 p.m. Eastern, because I'm going to watch the Carmichael show live tomorrow. Episode, the last two episodes air at 9 o'clock and 9.30 Eastern. So I'm going to check those out. So this is the last two. All right, final thoughts. We'll go ahead and wrap things up for tonight. And Tennessee Rich, I'll go ahead and let you go, man. All right, man. Yeah, good show, man. Uh, sorry I got in late. I had a few things I had to do there, man. Uh, always good to talk with the, the cast on here, man, and uh, chop it up. Uh, I got some new stuff coming out. Uh, I want y'all to get a hold to it here soon. I'm going to send it to Q, let everybody check it out here shortly. Uh, All so, right, cool. uh, be looking, don't be on the lookout for that. All right, bet. Appreciate it, man. Glad to get you on. Get your two cents. And Amanda, nice to be on the show with you guys tonight. Um, great topics and everything. Uh, I hope that black television can continue to um, prosper and not totally. Become shows like, uh, you know, Love and Hip Hop and Basketball yeah. Wives and how, Real Housewives and stuff like that. Because I, I never get into those shows. But I enjoy a good, a good uh, sitcom or, you know, like I, I love the Boondocks. Ray didn't care for it, but that was my show. So, you know, I like uh, I like different creative avenues. So, you know, um, I'm willing to give. I definitely look forward to checking out Amazon's, uh, what was it, Black America? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It, I look forward to that. I'll even give the um, the HBO show a chance. Just that the historian in me would like to kind of see where they go with yeah. that. So, you know, I'm uh, I I believe in in giving it a chance and and seeing where they take it. So, uh, great show, and I hope everybody has a great rest of the week. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And a lot of people, you know, are looking at the Confederate show because it's essentially extending slavery um, as it's going to be all negative. But you don't know what kind of spin they may have on the show. You might see a big slave revolt or something that results in all the slaves going free. We don't know what to expect. So you do have right. to kind of watch it to see which direction they take it. So, all right. Thank you for that, Amanda. And Buck. Great show tonight. Um, you know, Gone Are the Days of the Good Good um, Black Sitcoms. Um, they kind of focused on a variety of topics, but you know, they also 
uh, focus on how how we were evolving. And somehow or another, we got away from that and started looking at the street, which is okay. But you know, we need to you know we need to evolve again. Let's show you know let's show what we're doing now and, and move forward with it. You know, there's only so much of the street stuff you can watch. I mean. And I think there needs to be more creativity as far as that goes and show how modern black families live. I mean, there are black families that are not broken. Um, And I think, you know, some of these writers need to start, you know, working towards that. We need to show some of of the success. But sometimes if you show too much of the negativity, they think that's all that we're capable of having. And that's just simply not the case. So I think, you know, the writers or the black sitcoms and things of that nature need to, you know, rally their creative juices and start moving in that direction instead of the same old stereotypical type stuff. Um, it's sad to see that a lot of these shows only last two or three two or three seasons and then they're off of the air. It doesn't make sense. So it doesn't matter whether NBC did it or the, somebody walked away. You know, things, need, you know, they need to keep moving and keep evolving. I also wanted to kind of bring um, to light something else on the health health scene. Um, there's a lot of um, health doctors and researchers that have been found dead in the last 18 months. Um, this was brought to attention to one of our other show lessons that hadn't been on in a while. Um, over 60 of these doctors have, and researchers have been found dead suspicious and unsolved circumstances. The latest um, is a lady named Ann Borch who was um, – Diagnosed with uh, MS, and she in her twenties, and she actually cured MS naturally. Um, big pharmaceutical companies, we know, run run things because you see it every day when you're watching TV, and how many side effects that these medicines have. But we also know that there's a lot of all natural remedies out there that can cure a lot of the same diseases that we're taking these medicines for. So I thought it was very interesting that um, a lot of these natural doctors and researchers are coming up with suspicious deaths, and they're mounting. So you just need to be aware of the medicines that you're taking. Make sure you do your own research. Um, It's very easy. A lot of all-natural things out there that can cure a lot of the same things that you're taking these medicines for with 10,000 side effects. So just kind of keep your eye out for what you're taking. Just FYI. But everybody enjoy the rest of the week. We're looking forward to sports uh, sports on Thursday. But enjoy the rest of your week. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, sir. Another show I wanted to mention that um, they went off the air after seasons. I've heard multiple reasons on why, but um, that was Everybody Hates Chris. I used to really love that show. I thought it was really funny. And it ended you know, after four seasons on the season. It was really good. I watch the yeah. reruns now. And I laugh every time I watch it. Yeah, that was a good show. So, all right, Ray, shut it down, man. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I missed a lot of black sitcoms, too, that were funny, that were classics. You know, the Stanford Sons, Good Times, Jefferson's, you know, Cosby Show, Different World. You know, real good shows. But I... I was I was kind of thinking what was a show that maybe was in the 2000s that was really good show and, and everybody hates Chris is a real good show 
and my wife and kids. I really like that. That was a good show as well. Yeah, that so, was funny. Yeah, so it, it's um, it, it's fewer and farther in between now, but I think that we have to create shows that are friendly for everybody, and I think what I think what's happening now is you got a lot of black people trying to create black shows. In back in the day, you had white people creating black shows, which it's a shame to say that they know what people like more than their own people, but that's what happened. I mean, Jake Wolf created some great shows. You know what I'm saying? And, and they were successful shows. And now we just want, you know, somebody to create something that we all can enjoy, but now it's more about negativity, you know, the these female shows, and they try to see who can be the biggest diva or the biggest bitch on TV and all this and that, and they teach these girls that, okay, every time you got a problem, you've got to tell somebody off in order to get your point across. And, you know, it's it's a real negative situation, and a lot of guys feel like, oh, they got to turn away from that kind of stuff. So, no, no, you don't. You wire their mouth up just like a guy if they blow up in your face like one. But it's a real negative image out there. And in order for everything to get better, we're going to have to start doing what's right instead of doing what's popular. Right now, we do what's popular. Anytime you talk about a real topic, everybody want to jump on the side of what they think they're going to get accepted if they say this or they say that. You see that happening with Germany right now. Everybody's talking about what they feel like they should say on TV. If you're black, well, you better say this. Because if you say something else, then all the names start coming out. The coon and the this and the that and the other. When when do you see people? You can see other races of people on CNN hollering at each other back and forth, Democrats and Republicans. They don't go to the to the negative name calling. Why every time we got a different opinion, it's got to go somewhere else, and that's part of the reason why we can't have successful shows. Because if anybody think outside the box they going to get backlash for it. So that's why every reality show come out is basketball-wise, love and hip-hop, side chicks. All this stuff is the same thing, a bunch of black women just cutting up. Instead of Atlanta's supposed to be the land of the business for the black woman, why don't they show some of them with some businesses and doing things like that? Because they acting the fool because they got a few chips in their body. So reality is sad. And a lot of people say, oh, we progressing as a people like Buck and them were saying, okay, well, you tell me where the progression is. You look back 20 years ago and you first got out of college or whatever, the same shit going on, but it's worse. And we can talk all day about successful um people here, there, and few and far between. As a whole, we going backwards. 
and how we going to come forward, I don't know. Maybe some good shows on TV can turn some of this around. But right now, it's about the negativity, and that's what's selling. Great show. Interesting topic. Look forward to sports on Thursday. All right. Good stuff. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you all coming on. I'm going to leave you all with this. I found a list of the top ten black sitcoms of all time. They have number ten, Good Times, 1974 to 79. (laughs) Number nine, Bad Ever to Kids, 72 to 85. You say you say what 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 is it? You was scrambled. Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids from seventy two okay. to eighty five. Number eight, Living Single from ninety to ninety eight. Number seven, this this will make Ray happy. Boondocks from two thousand five oh. to two thousand fourteen. <laughs> I had a had a good time. They should be ashamed yeah. of themselves. Shoot, man, Trump got a better chance of being the president of NAACP than that. <laughs> Number six, the Jeffersons, 75 to 85. Do you realize the Jeffersons never had a season finale, that they cut them off um, before the season finale? CBS just canceled them. It was a big controversy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Number five, Sanford and Son from 70 to 77. Number four, Martin from 92 to 97. So Martin, you know some love. Mm-hmm. Number three, A Different World, 87 to 93. Can you guess what number two is? Family uh, Man? Nope. New York Undercover. From 19, 1990 to 1996. This is a sitcom. Oh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, 1990 to 96. And of course, you know, the Cosby Show from 84 to 92, going to be the most popular. Some of the ones that didn't make it that were, like Honorable mentioned, the Steve Harvey Show, Sister, Family Matters, What's Happening, The Jamie Foxx Show, which I had forgotten about. It was kind of funny. How many of y'all watch Hanging with Mr. Cooper? Yeah, I used to watch it back in the day a little bit. I I didn't watch many episodes. Uh, Different Strokes, 78 to 85. Yeah, that was was a good one. Yep. Y'all remember Rock from 1991 to 94? Yeah. The Wayans Brothers, 95 to 99. Moesha, I never watched Moesha, 96, 2001. 227 was pretty funny from 1985 to 1990. The Bernie Mac show yeah. was really good. Oh, yeah. 2001 yeah. to 06. Anybody hate Chris? Girlfriends from 2000 to 2008. So, those are some honorable mentions of some popular black sitcoms. But, but all right. We'll go ahead and shut this down. I appreciate you all joining the show. And you've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to talktoq.com, sign up for the email newsletter, find out what's going on, when the next show's coming out, what we're discussing. 
and learn more about the show and the show legends. Everyone have a great night. Oh, don't forget to follow Twitter at RQQ. And we'll talk to you on Thursday if you like sports. And next Tuesday, if you want to get back into some current events and get crystallized and a relationship topic. Have a good night and peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Let me thank you for having me on your show. It's so awesome to be here with you and all your listeners. My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. Call it, go ahead. I was told that I was a man-eater. I never really have a lot of pity for females when it comes to relationships. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. Now, let me bring Amanda on the line. I didn't realize she was holding there. Amanda, what's going on? Hey, Q. Hey, everybody. Does that make sense? I like that. I'm going to say that again one day. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what I meant. (laughs) Follow Q, guys. Thanks. Peace out.